0: Welcome to Sermon Seasonings, another season where we get to dive in depth into the passage that was looked at on Sunday. This time we're diving into the book of Jeremiah. I'm Dave Mears.
1: And I'm Mandy Curley. On Sunday we began our series of the hard word in Jeremiah and really we met Jeremiah himself. We saw his challenging commission and the way that Jeremiah reminds us of the faithfulness of Jesus and the need for speaking God's word clearly. Paul? Thanks very much for opening God's Word for us.
2: Our pleasure to be here. I, I've got to say first, that theme song brings me back to... <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are we going to be looking at today? Because yes.
0: it's, it's, a, it's a it's a new season. We're diving into a pretty serious book of the Bible, the book of Jeremiah. So, And uh, you helpfully brought us um, the Word on, on Sunday. It was wonderful to be able to uh, have you and, and your family along. Um, so tell us, what are we going to look at today?
2: Yeah, so today I want to talk about three things we're going to look at. First, I want to look at the structure of Jeremiah because I think that's going to be really helpful for us as we start diving into it this week. So the structure of Jeremiah, uh, but also the historical period. We talked a bit about it in the sermon, but I want to talk a bit more. And finally, I want to look at something I didn't get to talk about in the sermon was how does Jeremiah relate to Moses? Because there's an interesting connection with Moses, so we'll talk a bit about that too.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so so kick us off. What what are we going to?
2: What should we know about the structure of Jeremiah? Yes, yes. Well, uh, the first thing we need to know is that Jeremiah has a lot of complexity behind how the book actually came together. Mm. And pe- smart people, have written all about it and uh, and have come up with their theories about how the book has come together. And sometimes people try and and focus on on that. But what we need to do is we need to understand the book as it has been given to us in the bible and so it's important that we understand uh the structure of the finished book of jeremiah the finished product product. that's really important and so we, we don't want to get caught up in trying to to look at uh all the little micro bits of how the book was formed uh as listeners, we want to focus on what God has given to us and how do we understand that. And so I thought uh, it'd be helpful to talk about uh, Jeremiah and its structure because the book of Jeremiah is a collection. It's It wasn't just Jeremiah didn't sit down one day and start writing Jeremiah chapter 1 all the way through to Jeremiah 52. Uh, mm. There's been all bits and pieces that of things that Jeremiah said, uh, things written about what happened to Jeremiah, and they're all written at different periods, and finally were put together into the book that we have today. Mm. And that, and it's important for us to know that that book was put together while the people of Judah were in exile. Mm. And so first and foremost, we need to know that the book of Jeremiah was written by, in its final form, was given to God's people in exile.
0: Already in exile. Already
2: yes. in exile. So, so the scripture is not so much
0: what jeremiah was saying in those moments that he said him that the inspired scripture is the end edited product that was given at a at a at a later setting yes and that's what we've got to yeah. yes
2: yes and so that and so as a, as we look in our sermons and bible studies that's what we'll be thinking about and so i guess the first thing we want to try and do is when we read a chapter of jeremiah together is to think about, okay, well, what did it mean? What did Jeremiah's words mean for the people that he was talking to? Yeah. But then we take that step and go, all right, the people who originally read this book were in exile. What did these words mean to them in exile? Mm. Yeah. And then we move forward you know, as Christians and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's something that we need to, to think about. Uh, but some of the things that about Jeremiah, it's, it actually makes it quite daunting for people who, for us who are reading Jeremiah, uh, and I thought, and preaching it, and preaching <laughs> it, and one of the big things is that Jeremiah is just a long book. It, it's it, the longest. It's the longest book in the Bible. I've looked it up. Um, I have. I have some stats. Let me just grab this. Uh, Jeremiah is the longest book in the Bible, and let me tell you, it has fifty-two chapters. It has one thousand three hundred and sixty-four verses. And <laughs> and thirty uh, sorry, thirty three thousand and two words, and if you were going to read the whole book of Jeremiah in one go, it would take you about five and a half hours. So it is a big book, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. but um, I, I thought something that would be fun to do, because yeah. uh, because I've have listened to this uh, podcast and and I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a a, a quiz for yeah. for you guys. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah is the longest book in the Bible. I want to see if you guys can guess the top you know, two, three, four, five. Let's see how far we go. Let's see how far you go. Well, Mandy
0: yep. aced this when we did this a couple of seasons back on the uh, – So it was, was the that?
1: most quoted, most quoted uh, Old, Old Testament, Testament books in, in the New, New Testament. Testament. So, But I've, I've got some help. So, I mean, because it's funny because you think Jeremiah is definitely longest total number of words, but it's not longest in chapters. Because, no, I mean, Psalms, Psalms? has got 104. 50 chapters because yeah. there's yes. 150 psalms so i'm thinking psalms is up in the top five but I'm, to not, I'm not locking anything in yet but let's yeah.
2: but let's yeah, just to clarify let's go by word count word okay count. so it's word, word count. count so not chapters or verse numbers but word count okay so okay. N- number two
1: so let's think of long books i mean uh,
2: genesis
1: genesis is very is pretty long. long
0: and that's 50 chapters and you've got Isaiah, which is sixty six chapters. Yeah. So we've got out of between those two and Psalms, Psalms. Oh, then, then oh Ezekiel, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 48, 48 and and 48 Exodus chapters.
1: is long too.
0: And Exodus is long too. So, so uh, word count. Let's let's yep. my, what, uh, what's what's your number go? two? What's your number two?
1: <laughs> See, I'm I'm now second guessing myself with Genesis. It's yeah, either let's go, Genesis let's
2: go, or Psalms. Let's let's go, Genesis. All right. Well, with a word count of Thirty-two thousand and forty-six words. It is Genesis. Woo! <laughs> <All right. laughs> there you go. You did well. So Genesis is our second. What's a, what's right. a number three?
1: So I'm happy to lock Psalms. in Psalms.
2: Psalms. Psalms. Uh, that is correct. With uh, just oh. over thirty thousand. Oh. Okay. So number four. What okay. do you think number four is? It'll okay.
1: <sighs> so see, because Isaiah's got lots of chapters, it's but long. it's got lo- but it's got lots of poetry, which actually makes the book long, longer. Look longer, th- look without, longer with than, with than it your is. Words.
0: Yes. Whereas, True. Like
1: it's. So Ezekiel is long but dense. Yeah, that sounds wrong to to call no, no, it no, the no, Bible it, dense dance. <laughs> <geez. Exodus. laughs>
0: Romans is dense. Usually we're the ones <laughs> yeah. that are yeah, dense. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Okay, so so
1: I, I want to go Ezekiel.
0: You want to go Ezekiel? Do you, do you agree uh, with that? Um, have a think about it. What have, what have, what have been our
2: top three so far? So we've uh, gone Jeremiah. Ah, uh, no, I, th- I think Jeremiah. I go, go Isaiah before okay, Ezekiel. I go Isaiah before. Ezekiel. Okay, so. Um, well, coming in at number four at twenty nine thousand nine hundred and
0: eighteen words is Ezekiel. Ah! <laughs> oh man, you got it right. There you go, Ezekiel.
2: So that's uh, that's that's number four. Which number is, is five. That,
0: that's a, it. just shows. Just ignore the chapter count.
2: Yeah, because it
0: it it doesn't. You know, mind you, this is hardly a thing of massive significance. But it's <laughs> it is
2: okay, Ezekiel. All right. Mm. Well, then Isaiah. So, you think Isaiah is number five? Oh, uh, now I've lost Exodus. all my confidence. Okay, so have got Isaiah and Exodus. Dave, it's not a good day for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Exodus, isn't it? <laughs> it, is it is Exodus. It's a good day for me. <laughs> it <laughs> is Exodus. 25,000. Isaiah, Isaiah, number six. Isaiah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Isaiah uh, see, is number six. Um, and I'll, I'll round out our top 10. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, uh, Isaiah was number six with twenty about 25,500. Um, numbers is number seven yeah. with. Uh, 20, about 25,000 words. Deuteronomy number eight mm. with 23,000. And number nine, two chronicles with um, 20, uh, tw- 21 and a half. And number 10 is 1 Samuel. 1 mm-hmm. Samuel, with, um With 20,837. Well, there you go. Yeah. That, uh, that is. Be notice they're all Old Testament as well. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true true because it, it would mean that uh, so Luke's gospel would have to be
2: pretty close
1: Yeah, it's got to be long yeah it's yeah.
0: number 12 number yeah. 12 is it there you go yeah
1: you so go. so
2: it's long so Jeremiah is long we have established that <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize uh, and you know the length of it can be really daunting because there is just you know it's not easy to get the whole your head around the whole thing uh, and and you know, and, and being honest, yeah, you know, as Bible readers, we find it hard to read the things that are long. Yeah, you know. mm. uh, so the length is one of the things that makes it daunting. Um, also, what's in the book is quite daunting because it is a whole mixture of uh, of poetry and prose, mm. and big sections like chapter after chapter in certain parts that is very poetic and very you know there's repetit repetitiveness there. Um, there's imagery. And and that makes it hard harder to read and understand. Takes that extra step. Whereas with yeah. the narrative, you've got a story that's been yep. told, and you just yes, and then and then and
0: then yeah yeah, yeah.
2: And, and and Jeremiah has that as well. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it has the parts of the narrative, and so maybe the you know we, we might be drawn more to the parts that are about Jeremiah's life, mm. um, but there are some very important um, poetry parts mm. there, and and so that's daunting. Uh, we are not familiar with. The people who are involved, you get all these names, and and um, sometimes the the same person has multiple names, and so that can be confusing. And sometimes the names are really similar, mm. Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, Chin. <laughs> and so on. Um, and and the 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 times, the political situation, um, maps, you know, where are, where are things happening, and so on. Uh, all of these things make it daunting. And of course, it's an Old Testament book. You know, and so it can be difficult to make that uh that make that transition for how do we understand this Old Testament book as Christians yeah yep. and so those things make it really daunting um, the structure as well is uh is is quite tricky and there have been so I've, I've read of people who say that you know they can see no discernible structure to how Jeremiah has been put together um, and and so that is something uh there's flashbacks involved as well so it's not you know, it doesn't start. Jeremiah one starts at the beginning of Jeremiah's ministry, but the book doesn't go in chronological order. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll have uh, you'll have flash forwards to um, you know the end towards yeah. the end of Jeremiah's ministry. Then you have bits in the middle, and it can be tricky to know. Uh, it's, it's, it, you got to work out where you are mm-hmm. in history. Yeah, yep. and uh, and even some people have have taken the book of Jeremiah, and they've tried to reconstruct it. To take the bits that were earlier and you put that in the front, and and so on, and you read the book of Jeremiah, arranging it in a sense mm. in chronological chronological order, which is a bit like um, I, I know Star Wars movies, right? Mm. Um, what order do you watch the Star Wars movies in?
1: Totally machete. What? What?
2: Have
1: you not heard of the machete order of reading, uh, no. like of watching Star Wars? I, I thought we
2: we're talking about like an Italian oh, a coffee <laughs> or something.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to get it wrong, but it's to do with the whole like. So when you're introducing someone to Star Wars, it's actually you don't go back to episode – you don't start at episode one.
2: No, you don't. Um, You should avoid episode one at all
0: costs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like you start at four where it started. Um, So I'm pretty sure the one that I've read that's machete is you do four, five, six and then you go back and do one – no, you skip one and do two, three. And is then that because Jar Jar Binks is
2: in one and does. Yeah, it. no,
1: no one needs it. You don't
2: need it, but yeah, but you, you've got it. Like the order matters, and mm. it will change the way that you appreciate things. And so, if you chop, and this is going back to my first point that the the final form we have, the book that was put collected together and given to the exiles, that's the book we have, and the, mm. and we've got to read it in the order that we have received it in.
1: Yep, because it's actually been given to us in that order for a reason. Yes. Mm. So while it's a big book and it can be, you look at it a bit and it's intimidating. It's actually, but God speaks to us in and through it, yes, and has given it to us in that order so that we can understand yes. more of Him. And so we need to approach it. But I mean, we've talked about how it's difficult. Is there mm. something that's actually a bit of a key to help us to understand? Yeah, thank it? you.
2: Yes, uh, and that's where uh, Andrew Sheed, who did our intro night, has done great work because what he's what he's recognised is that. The book that in the book that we have it, the main we have a main character, and that is the word of the Lord, mm. and the word of the Lord is is throughout the book, and the word of the Lord does things, mm. and so that's and so what what Andrew has has worked out is that the book of Jeremiah is a narrative of the word and what he does, and so um, I can't remember if this is Andrew's, if I'm quoting Andrew here, or if I'm just quoting myself, uh, <laughs> reading Andrew, but. Uh, He said that in the book of Jeremiah, God's word addresses and warns his people about their coming judgment. God's word brings this judgment about, however, there's a twist. God promised that that through this judgment he will create a hope-filled future for his people. Mm. Mm. And so Jeremiah is all about God's word, uh, declaring things, making things happen, which includes the judgment, Mm. but of course, Bringing about, uh, declaring the promise, and bringing that promise about mm. um, through the judgment. Yeah.
0: So, in a sense, if you're just looking at the word of God and what is happening with the word of God, there you have a plot. Yes. So you have actual development in the book of Jeremiah that makes sense if you're looking at what is happening with the word. Is that yes? Is that how we understand? Yes, that's right.
2: Right. Okay. That's right. And and so Andrew Sheed puts together uh, these four movements. He shows us these four movements. Uh, the progress of the word throughout Jeremiah and so uh, you've got movement one that the word of the Lord announces that Judah will be destroyed and the speaker of the word that is that is um Jeremiah is crushed he's you know the, you see his response to that and is it so w- I want
0: clarity on that one because it's an mm. interesting choice of Andrews there to use the term crushed is that saying that he is he is despondent because the word is or is it because it was that he's acting People crush him. People attack him yeah. because the word of the Lord um, it announces destruction. Yeah, so what, yeah. in what way is he crushed?
2: Yeah, I think it's both of those things, Dave. Right. Um, yeah, like his response to the judgment, um, message of God, uh, and also Jeremiah's response to the people's response mm. <laughs> as well uh, mm. is in there. Mm. Right. Right. Um, and then you get the movement that uh, the word of the Lord, this is in chapters 25 to 34, that the word of the Lord vindicates, that is um, publicly uh, shows to be victorious its speaker, Jeremiah, and offers true hope to deaf hearers. And so there you've got this, you know, the showdown between Jeremiah and uh, and the prophet, is it? Pen- Hananiah. Pen- Hanani- Hanani- Hananiah. Hananiah, yeah. Um, that's it. And uh, And Jeremiah is shown publicly to be a true prophet of God who speaks God's word. And it's only then... That uh, that God's word can offer hope to the people who are hearing, who are listening, because now they're listening. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, fi- uh, movement three, chapters thirty-five to forty-four, the word of the Lord destroys the nation it created, mm-hmm. and plants the seeds of a new life. And so you've got there um, the the destruction of Jerusalem, the siege, um, the people being taken into exile, and yet at the same time you get these. Um, these little promises or beginnings of uh, of new life that will come uh, of hope mm. after the destruction that happens, yeah.
0: mm.
2: and then finally, uh, movement for uh, uh, chapter forty five to fifty two, um, the word of the Lord sends a tide of judgment across the world, and so you get these oracles of um, that all the nations around um, around Judah are going to be destroyed, and yet after this judgment there will be a return mm. for uh, for uh, for judah yeah. that this this new nation will will out of judgment out of this wreckage will come a new nation mm. and uh, and uh, and that's really a, a future after exile yeah yep. Yep. yep and so you've got and so you've got this this movement of the word um, saying things and doing things bringing them about and uh, and what's interesting as well uh, and we talked about this a bit earlier that um, chapter 1 and chapter fifty-two, sort of, they they're like an introduction and conclusion to Jeremiah to this whole thing. So, um, chapter one, verse one to three, uh, where we where it talks about the historical uh, parts, and then we get this uh, in chapter fifty-two. Well, at the end of chapter fifty-one, we get here ends the words of Jeremiah. Mm, yeah, yeah, and then we get this historical epilogue. Mm. Yes, and though and that's very deliberate. Yeah, and it's a framing device that puts the whole book in history. Mm and sets up what's, well, what we might expect to happen after that point in history. Yeah. Yep. That's really important to get your head around yeah. too.
1: And so I guess that's it. As we see the way the structure all fits together, that actually helps us as readers because you every time you're reading that section it's to remember, well, where are we in this, this revelation? This word has been given to us in this heavily structured way deliberately to help us to understand. And so sometimes maybe when we feel like we're swimming in the sea a bit of going, oh, where are the details? Actually keeping that big structure in mind can help us to see where are we at and so yes. what's going on here.
0: Yeah, keep, that's right. Keep going to a high altitude every now and then to go, oh, actually, where are we now? Now,
1: and then dive back down deeply into the details. And I guess that's probably takes us to the next point, back into the details of that historical period and understanding that.
0: Because the history is important for Jeremiah. I mean, we often go, oh, why do I care about history? And go, well, because you won't understand Jeremiah if... We, we, the too many words will just wash over you if you don't have some sort of idea. So, so what what should we know about the history?
2: Yes, yes. Um, if you want to know the history around Jeremiah, then the place you need to look is Two Kings, or Two Kings chapters twenty-one to twenty-five, uh-huh. and also Two Chronicles chapters thirty-three to thirty-six.
0: So they're the two two sections of of those scriptures which yep. really testify to the time yes. that's relevant to, yeah.
2: Yeah, so if you want to understand the things, the background, the things that Jeremiah's talking about, just read those books and they, it sets it out for us and you will you will get with great clarity and and you'll see a picture of what life was like uh, during that time. And if you read those, uh, those books, then you'll notice something that wasn't really covered in my sermon and isn't covered in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Um, that is, in, in, uh, in those first three verses, only mentions three kings that were reigning when Jeremiah was operating. Uh, there were actually five kings mm. Mm. during that time period. And you know, was Jeremiah a mistake? Well, no, no. There's reasons why he's highlighting those three. Those, because those three kings really, they're the, they had the biggest impact mm. during Jeremiah's time. Mm. Uh, I'll go through some of the kings in a moment and you'll see why their impact was so, um, so small. Um, but as well as these five kings, you also need to understand that there were two kings that came before King Josiah, mm. uh, and and particular one in particular, Manasseh, really is, is really, really important um, for understanding this whole bit. And, um, a monumental figure in the history of Israel in a bad way. In a bad way, yes. Yep. You, don't, you don't call your children Manasseh. Yep, yep. And, and so I think it would be helpful to really – because if we want to understand how bad – Life in God's people was, we need to. I think it's worth reading um, two Kings, uh, chapter 21, part of chapter 21. And so Mandy's going yeah. to read that for us.
1: So, reading from verse one Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother's name was Hepsevar. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He also erected altars to Baal and made an Asherah pole, as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. He bowed down to them all, the, bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, "In Jerusalem I will put my name." In the two courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the carved Asherah pole he had made and put it in the temple which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever." I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land that I have given their ancestors. If only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord said through his servants, the prophets, Manasseh king of Judah has committed these detestable sins. He has done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and has led Judah into sin with his idols. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I'm going to bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and give them into the hands of enemies. They will be looted and plundered by all their enemies. They have done evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end because the sin that he had caused Judah to commit so that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord,
0: that's an indictment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, one of the phrases that really hit me there, um, as Mandy was reading that, was the mention of that this it was sin was worse than the Amorites. Mm-hmm. Now you might remember if you've been at church for a while that when we did Joshua and Judges, you know that one of the reasons that the cleansing of the land, which so confronts us, uh, happened when it happened, was because and didn't happen before that was because the sins of the Amorites hadn't reached its full mm. measure. And so it was only when the sins of the Amorites had reached its full measure that, that God was willing to give people the land that they occupied because they simultaneously deserved to be scoured from it. Mm. And so to use that explanation of saying worse than the Amorites mm. who got driven out of the land so that you could have it, it kind of gives you an anticipation of what is going to Come yeah. up, which, which yes. of course then gets explicit. I'm going to wipe you out like a, someone wipes a dish and tips
2: it upside down. I mean, yep. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it really does set the, the scene where you go, these people really, really deserved God's judgment.
0: And yeah. we were talking about this earlier that, that mm. it's not like um, Manasseh was, was king for 15 years or something, mm. 55 years of that. you know that that's if if you think about what was happening 55 years ago it was in the in the mid 60s you know so so the beatles were only just on the scene at the time in a sense that manasseh becomes king all the way up until now Mm. Mm. and and how much culture changes and can be we are a different world now and so you imagine a guy like manasseh in power for 55
2: years and how that can impact a nation, and the way mm. it thinks and acts. And that's exactly what you see as the history goes on. And so after Manasseh dies, uh, his son Ammon becomes king. He's only king for two years. And uh, and the way that two kings describes him is he followed completely the ways of his father. And so, again, Manasseh's... Doesn't need to give us the whole chapter <laughs> again. Can, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, and so he follows in yeah. his ways. Um, things just keep getting worse. And then we get uh josiah now josiah is a huge figure in old testament history and i mentioned it in the sermon uh Mm. that he was one he was one of the exceptions to you know what i'd say he was the godly exception to the wicked norm Mm. yeah yeah that he he call your kid josiah that's okay that's it (laughs) 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 um he he was he was in power for 31 years and and Mm And uh, I assume that at the start of his reign, he was just as bad as, mm. um, as Manasseh and Ammon. But in his 18th year, which is after Jeremiah had started uh, his ministry, mm. uh, very early still in Jeremiah's ministry, that's when Josiah disco- uh, discovers the book of the law, the uh, probably the Pentateuch, you mm. know, Genesis, mm. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Mm. And, uh, and Josiah just brings about this Well, when he when he and you read it in Two Kings, when he hears what God's law says Mm. and he sees what God's people have done, like he he tears his ropes and he he leads this this grand, huge reform. And it's and it's like read the chapters in Mm. Two Kings and you'll Mm. see what he does. It is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Comprehensive, it's it's that oh my goodness,
0: we need to act and we need to act now or we are in trouble. We'll have Mm. the God of the universe against us.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he does this this huge reform, and yet, Mm. and yet, what is said in 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 uh, two Kings, Manasseh's sin was so so bad Mm. that even Josiah's reform would not be able. He would not avoid the judgment Mm. altogether. The Manassas uh, had, had earned, that, uh, yeah, right. yes, and uh, and so what God says to Josiah is because of his response to God's word, uh, that he would not see the destruction uh, of Jerusalem in his days. That mm-hmm. He would that he would die in peace, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you and so you get Josiah uh, dying, mm-hmm. and uh, and things are, are on the right track, but then his sons um, go on, mm-hmm. and so you've got uh, Jehoahaz who if I remember rightly, only he was very a very short period, very short time, wasn't he? yeah, yeah, Like yeah. a couple of months, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, a couple of months, um, and so that's why I think that's why Jeremiah one doesn't mention him because he's only king for like three months or something, yep. um, and then uh, then Jehoiakim gets made king, and uh, and he's there for a while, and again, you know, I, to make a long story short, he follows the ways of Manasseh, things, you know, and and which is, I think, is really um, sobering. Because you're only you really you're only one generation away from, <laughs> from um, you've got this you know super bad Manasseh super good Josiah next generation you know, continues on with the sins of um, Manasseh yeah
1: mm. sins of their grandfather
2: that's it that's it um, and then you get um, Jehoiachin um, who uh, who becomes king and he gets he gets exiled to Babylon he's only king for three months three, three months, months. Yeah, yeah yeah very short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he gets uh, sent up into exile in Babylon um, and he stays there uh, and he actually features at the end of Jeremiah, um, still alive. Mm. And in his place, his uncle, who is who is one of Josiah's sons, becomes king and reigns for 11 years and again, he just follows the ways of Manasseh and so you can see that, in a sense, that the
0: ways of Manasseh had become the ways of Israel. Yes. And, and and so that Josiah can do his reform, and no doubt there were some faithful people alongside Josiah yes. as he did it, but it wasn't enough to change what 55 years of godlessness has done mm. and it achieved in the land. Um, it's interesting the Jehoiachin one because he's, he's, he's like a, a bit player, but he's a pretty significant bit player because mm-hmm. he's the one who preserves the family line of David Yes, mm. so that that unbreakable chain that ends up taking us to Jesus. Sort yeah, of, that's sort of right. Goes there. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: That's right. Now, who are the political powers that? Yes. they're the kings. Who's who,
0: yes. who, who's at play in the world at this yeah. time?
2: Yeah, And so there's there's really there's three political powers. Um, there's Assyria, who was a big power during the time of Manasseh, and starts to wane. Uh, and then you've got Egypt, who yeah. uh, was, was no, Assyria, the big ones that yes. smashed the Northern Kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yep. almost and almost smashed Judah, the southern mm. kingdom, but God intervenes. Uh, and when Hezekiah was king, and uh, and yes.
0: Isaiah was preaching. And yes. Stuff. Yep, yep. Yes. And, so that's
2: and a, yeah. And then you've got Egypt, and Egypt was a was a big power. And uh, when Josiah was uh, was killed, uh, uh, Judah became a vassal or you know, under the control of Egypt. Right. Uh, yep. But then comes Babylon. Babylon takes over uh, the you know, Assyria and they come in and they pretty much take over egypt and so babylon becomes the power that judah is under mm.
0: Mm.
2: and that's where this big conflict then happens because within uh cuz you know as you read the old testament you see there's a very strong um, there's a, you know there's, a, there's it's very strong that god's people will live as god's people under their king mm. not under another power mm. And so there's this strong nationalistic movement within God's people. And so what happens is the kings that we've mentioned earlier, they end up rebelling against Babylon. And that's when bad stuff happens because Babylon comes in <laughs> with the iron fist um, and takes Jehoiachin off to, to mm. exile and takes um, Daniel and so on off to exile. and that's wh- And that's really the time that Jeremiah is operating in. Is that Babylon is the power, Jerusalem and Ju- the people of Judah are under their um, authority influence. Yeah, yeah, influence yeah, yeah. Um, you know, But there is this hope that they will get rid of the Babylonians, mm. and that maybe Jehoiachin might come back and be king again. Yeah. Right. And so that's and so that's the whole thing that's going on. There. And of course, the end of Jeremiah takes place you know when the babylonians have had enough (laughs) and um zedekiah's rebelled and they come in and they lay siege to jerusalem for two years and that's that's where a lot of the action takes place at the end of of during the siege during the siege yeah so so they're the political movements that are going on there
0: yeah which is it's really helpful to kind of and do do some extra reading if you if if you're into it it's it's uh the, it's, a, it's one of those um less well-known mm. parts of ancient history but at the same time god's given us the information we need in the scriptures so so uh you know that re- selection that you gave us from two kings that's only five chapters yep. um chronicles is, is four chapters so so go for it have a, yeah, have a, yeah. have a read Excellent.
1: Yeah. And then, Paul, you said the third and final thing we were going to look at is something that you didn't get to dig yes. into much in the sermon, and really about the comparison and relationship between Jeremiah and Moses.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, and that is uh, there is some strong links, and when you read Jeremiah chapter one, that make you, if you if you know your Old Testament, you think that sounds like Moses, mm. um, the one that probably people thought of was when Jeremiah says, oh, I'm too young, I'm too young. It reminds you of Moses when mm. he's, yeah. um, when God calls him and he says, oh, I can't speak very well. He keeps so making up all these, anyone else yeah. but me. <laughs> me. Can't yeah, he. yeah, So that's one of them. Um, but the other one um, is, uh, is in chapter 1, verse 9, where I mentioned about how that vivid imagery that of God putting his words into the mouth of Jeremiah, you know, taking yeah. his hand and touching Jeremiah's mouth, And that reminds us of a promise that God made to Moses in uh, Deuteronomy 18, um, which which I'll I'll read part of this. Uh, This is Deuteronomy 18. Um, I'll start at verse 15. Um, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, this is Moses speaking, from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked the Lord your God at Horeb, on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, and that's like you see there that I will put my words in his mouth. Yeah, and even you know I, he will he will tell them everything I command him. That's there in Jeremiah chapter one. Um, that Jeremiah is the prophet that that Moses spoke about that God was going to send. Mm. And you notice there that um, there, there's very clear commands that the people must listen to this prophet respond to the yeah. word yes yeah. respond to the word and 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 that's why what jeremiah that's why jeremiah is so important but also why it's so important that the people of judah listen to him mm. and of course as i i talked about they don't on the whole <laughs> but yeah. uh, but jeremiah is the fulfillment of that promise yeah and so you've got this line going along from uh moses the prophet who god spoke to and spoke through yeah who promised a prophet like Moses, Jeremiah is that prophet, and he speaks. And then, as I mentioned in the sermon, that following that is Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that promise to Moses. And um, Acts chapter 3 uh, says this, Peter says this really clearly. And I haven't got it uh, on me at the moment, but looks like Mandy's flicking it up for us. So when Mandy's got it, we'll see it. But while
0: well, while Mandy's looking that up, I was yeah. going to quickly say it's interesting where you stopped reading yes. a, of that Deuteronomy eighteen um, passages that also talks about false prophets. Yes, and what was and, and we'll see and, that and we'll see that happening later on, and how how you would uh, they should respond to someone who's a false prophet and who's a true prophet. But I think we've. Fortunately, stalled enough for Mandy to be ready.
1: (laughs) So uh, this is Peter speaking. Uh, So from verse 17 of chapter 3 in Acts. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways.
2: Mm, Yeah, and so you see there... Uh, the Apostle Peter, saying very clearly that Jesus is the prophet that Moses spoke about. Mm. And and this again uh, draws out that point that I, I tried to make uh, in the sermon was that when we look at Jeremiah, we need to understand the flow of uh, the Bible mm, mm. that Moses, Jeremiah, not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Moses, Jeremiah, Jesus. Jesus. And we share in the ministry of Jesus Christ. The true prophet that mm. uh, that uh, Moses spoke about. Yeah. Well, thanks so
0: much for that. Now, there's one last question just to finish off, which we sometimes like to have our guest potters um, mm. do, and let's just say, as somebody who has been sitting in Jeremiah for well more than a few weeks, mm. um, as you've been putting the Bible studies together, but especially say for this week's sermon, um, what was something that you feel the Lord really kind of prodded
2: you with? What was something that um, struck you as you were looking at this passage? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think something that, especially when you are doing, and if you've ever done a Bible talk, you you would have felt this, that often you can get caught up in what you're writing and how people might respond to the thing that you're writing mm. uh, or that you're saying, whether it's um, that they'll approve of, of mm. what you said, um, whether it's the styling as well, those sorts of things. Um, but what really struck me looking at this sermon is that what really matters, what's most important is speaking the word of God mm. um, truthfully, and uh, accurately and that's the thing that matters most not whether the whether you're popular because of what you say uh, or um people you know receive it positively or not Mm. uh it's not about the response it's not about us either uh it's not about our comfort uh it's not about our safety even Mm. it's about proclaiming the word of god very very clearly and truthfully as as god has said And so for us, it's preaching the gospel.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Paul, for doing that and preaching the gospel to us and helping us to consider that. Uh, Next week, we're back in chapter two. Dave will be preaching to us and we'll be looking at the truth exposed. And so uh, I've been Mandy.
0: I've been Dave. And I've been Paul.
1: We'll see you again next week.